0: This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to bring you Minute number 60 of Jurassic Park. Brady, we've made it to a full hour of Jurassic Park. I know, I know, and I
1: can't believe it. I cannot believe it. It's uh it, you know, every time I watch this movie, it's um just as soon as I've started it, I feel like I've you know, it's ending because I enjoy it that much that yeah. it's just moving so fast. It feels like we started this show yesterday. And it, here it we does. are sixty minutes into it, and that's you know, excluding weekends when we're not recording. Yeah. So
0: it's, it's crazy. It's very crazy. It's it's crazy to think that, you know, kind of like in the middle of the show right now. I think today's episode might actually be the middle of the of the entire run of the show, but how about you and I just go ahead and start talking about Jurassic Park right now? Let's do it. Let's do it. In the previous minute, we saw Dennis Nidri's escape plan go awry when he slid off the road and crashed into a sign giving him directions to the East Dock. At minute number sixty, Nidri picks up the sign for the East Dock and notices that the directional arrow has been knocked loose. He turns it to the left, then turns it to the right, then spins it around out of frustration. At 6008, we cut to a shot of J. Robert Oppenheimer, one of the inventors of the atom bomb, with a drawing of a mushroom cloud and the word saying, beginning of the baby boom, taped to Nedry's computer monitor. The camera pans right to show a security interface window. Ray says, access main program, then access security grid. Ray is attempting to get access to Nedri's security changes. His cigarette has burned down all the way to its filter. At 60 minutes, 18 seconds, we cut back to the program, which reads, permission denied, dot dot dot, and dot dot dot, you didn't say the magic word. The phrase fills the screen. The camera then pans left to show Nidri's third monitor, which now has an animated cartoon of his face wagging its finger and repeating, you didn't say the magic word, over and over. Ray screams, please, goddammit, I hate this hacker crap. Hammond pulls a phone over to Ray and asks him to call Nidri's associates in Cambridge. Ray picks up the phone and begins to dial. At 60 minutes, 35 seconds, Muldoon walks over to the desk. Ray looks up and tells Hammond and Muldoon that the phones are out as well. Hammond leans on the desks and asks Muldoon where the vehicle stopped. 60 minutes, 43 seconds, we smash cut to a shot of the same goat from earlier sitting in the rain, chained to a post. The camera pans over to show Grant talking to Gennaro in the rain. Grant then closes the door and runs back to his vehicle. And thus ends minute number 60 of Jurassic Park. Uh, so in this minute, I think we get one of the most repeated lines from the entire Jurassic Park franchise, and that, of course, is, uh-uh-uh, you didn't say the magic yep. word <laughs> over I, and over.
1: I have a good friend, uh, and of course, we, you know, we're the same age. We grew up just everything, Jurassic Park this, Jurassic Park that, everything was. And we would go around school when we were like eight. Um, uh, saying that line again and again yeah. and again. So for his birthday a few years ago, I got him a shirt that had the Jurassic Park logo, but instead of the T-Rex, it had a Nidri like waving <laughs> his finger and it said uh-uh-uh, you didn't say the magic word over and over again. So... Yeah. That's... that's
0: uh, it kind of shows the um, uh, the two different like cultures at work here, the computer hacker and the computer engineer and how they are very different personality types. You know, like uh, Ray is a, kind of this overseer who's looking at it, not just the computer security systems, all that stuff. And then Nidri's the guy who's in the code and everything. And the those two cultures are, clash a lot. You know, the, the hacker type is a little bit more kind of like uh, punk rock. and Not to say that Dennis Nidri really yeah, looks punk yeah. rock in the movie, but I think that at that point in time, a computer nerd was a fat guy who sat at a computer and, you know, <laughs> ate nothing but donuts and drank soda, like jolt all day long, like you see there on his desk. The computer hacker today, uh, you know, right now we're actually in a period of a lot of computer hacking controversy. I think it was Cozy Bear, the Russian hacker who stole a lot of stuff uh, yeah. from the DNC and gave it to Julian Assange and WikiLeaks, that's you know we this computer hacker stuff is just, it's everywhere right now it seems like every day i get an email from somebody like hey we're uh you know your 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 account got hacked on this website that you signed up for 10 years ago and now your security code that you yeah. used then that's used for everything is now uh you know not secure anymore so change all your passwords well you know how's everybody gotta do that ha- hackers uh also are able to keep security systems on their toes by looking up exploits and kind of you know looking at them and saying like hey this is uh Uh, you know, a lot of them end up getting hired by the government also to become hackers or security companies as well. If they're able to hack something, that's a good way to uh, get a job, you know, showing exploits and security systems and stuff like that. So, but this was kind of at the, when an age that computer hackers were still kind of a new thing to the general public, you know, so Michael Crichton was trying to, pull that into this novel. Jurassic Park has, of course, Lex calls yourself a computer hacker too. You know, it's a Unix system, <laughs> that whole thing. Huh. But, um, you know, one of the things that's funny here is race, keeps saying things like, uh, uh, access security, password, access security grid. And the words on screen are not corresponding with what he's saying at all. Yeah.
1: And you know, it's funny that, um, you didn't say the magic word is like one of the more quotable lines from the movie. The other most quotable line from the movie is probably dots and dots. And we got dots in here. So they're both coming from yeah, Nidri. Nidri. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so the picture of the guy, uh, yeah, J. Robert
0: Robert J. Oppenheimer, yeah,
1: that's right. Who created the atomic bomb?
0: He was one of the members of the Manhattan Project, who were the guys woh- who sorry. got together by the United States government. Were hired to kind of the scientists put together the atomic bomb, uh, which is the what we, what we what the United States dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Robert J. Oppenheimer is, of course, famous for quoting the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, after seeing the atomic bomb drop and saying, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Yeah. So I'm curious, what do you think the tie in is by having this picture on the computer think, to Nedry? Uh,
1: well, clearly Nedri's kind of like celebrating the whole thing with the he's got like the little boom and the mushroom cloud drawing next to it. And then he's got the you know, this is the baby, whatever. He's idolizing this guy, mm-hmm. which is kind of scary. Um, and it's not too in your face. I've never, until I was researching this scene uh, a little while ago, did I see all of those other little elements around it, like his post-it notes, where he's just kind of I don't know celebrating this guy. I only ever saw the picture, and yeah, was always curious about who that was. So
0: I was it's like, a, why does he have Mister Rogers on his hey, desk? That's yeah. what <laughs> I've always
1: thought. But that's one of those things like we found, we ran into a lot in uh, Ghostbusters Minute. It'll give you these little elements or whatever, and you can go investigate them and see how it applies to the movie in your own interpretation. And yeah. that's my interpretation, is that he idolizes the guy who, you know, caused a lot of destruction.
0: Well, he is a guy who's causing a lot of destruction yeah, in, in the movie. I think that might yeah. be the tie-in thematically to it. But, you know, it's really weird that, you know, Oppenheimer's not a person I think that many scientists, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they do, they, they you know, he's a, he's a smart dude you know he's part of the crew that invented the atomic bomb you know you can kind of like yeah. follow that ethical quandary down and you know but it was it's a little weird that it was put there i don't understand what the set dresser the, the the lines they were trying to draw other than the fact that nidri's the person who kind of started this whole thing you know maybe they're saying that the you know the the cloning of the dinosaurs done by N'jin was kind of a If we don't do it, somebody else will type thing, which is kind of, you know, the invention of the atomic bomb is either the United States does it or the Nazis do it. Who's going to do it first? You know, it's one of those things. You could read a lot into it. Yeah. Invent it. Use it so that the other guy doesn't to show that you have the force of power. You know.
1: Okay. Uh, Let's keep going with this. Biosyn is also trying to get their hands on it. Right. Maybe that plays into the whole thing about like if somebody, if we don't do it, they're going to do it. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. I I think that's it's, it's kind of a stretch, but you know. That, that that's, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. that's, 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 <laughs> that's that, I thought, think thought, yeah. I
0: think that's what I was trying to say. With it was that oh, okay, you know that yeah. they that engine was kind of like uh, you know it's it's this thing that can be this awesome power that can be wielded irresponsibly, and we see that engine does it. This is what if the Nazis invented the atomic bomb first. I don't know that Biosyn. I'm not trying to say that they are the equivalent to the Allied forces here yeah, that yeah. they would be responsible with it, but uh, engine clearly doesn't understand what they have in their hands. Yeah, totally. So.
1: Um, okay, so we cut to again. I'm, I'm not going to go on and on about it as I have. We've, we get another one of these cool moments where it's you're answering a question through the editing. Yeah. Where did the vehicle stop? We cut to the goat. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I've asked the question before. That goat came out of the ground, which means there is some kind of little storm shelter there, mm-hmm. bomb shelter, uh, or a full set of utilidors like they have under Disney World, where it's just a whole system of tunnels that can take you wherever. My instinct probably would have been, one, to, well, first off, just curl up in the fetal position and cry uh, when the T-Rex came out of the fences. But I think another good option would have been to try and make it to that little trap door. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But I would probably get over there and find that uh, it wouldn't open up after kicking Yeah, them, and then I'd be dino food.
0: So. Yeah, but I, I think it is cool how they do have that system, like, they have underneath the Magic Kingdom that allows uh, uh, cast members to get from one side of the park to the other without being noticed by guests that are walking through the park. This is the way they, like... You know, bring goats in and out so that they can be eaten by dinosaurs, you know, this whole little trapdoor system. So, that is, it is kind of neat. But that goat, poor goat's also been out in the rain the whole time. I mean, I guess they don't really care because he's, yeah. he's food. He's about to be eaten by the Tyrannosaurus Rex. But I, like Lex, feel very sorry for the goat. And I say that as a person who also enjoys eating goat, you yeah, know. Right. But you do, you know, goats are so cute and they're funny and you see him out there, you uh,
1: but I think, go ahead, go ahead. No, right.
0: that that's it. You just see him out there, you know, just kind of like in the rain. I feel really sorry for him.
1: I think one of the most unnerving moments in this movie, it's not in this minute, is when Lex, you know, looks out, you know, where's the goat? And then they show the, uh, or it's before that, um, when Tim is looking over there and you see the change. Just, just swinging. swinging. Yeah. Swinging. And it's just like, you know what that means. You know, it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the, uh, the,
0: it's the Tyrannosaurus Rex eats very quietly, you know, like it just kind of here's snatches my thing it up. on
1: that. And again, we'll get to all this. So... You know, it's, we're probably really not going to see this for the next couple of minutes, but whenever the Tyrannosaurus Rex is, like, stomping around and you hear her footsteps as she's, like, creeping along or whatever, and then sometimes you won't hear them. Right. Uh, and sometimes you won't hear them. And I'm just wondering if, I, you know, obviously, so for the sake of the movie, we're not supposed to know that she's creeping up right behind us. Right. Um, but I'm wondering if that's, like, a conscious thing on the on the dinosaur's part, if she is intentionally not letting herself be heard when she's... She's okay. in
0: stealth mode? Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Maybe. I'm sure that, like, you know, she smells the goat. She probably knows the goat's there, can maybe hear it. You know, I, it's moving around at some sort because the movie tells us that Tyrannosaurus Rex's vision is stimulated by movement. So maybe she sees the goat kind of, like, laying down or just kind of walking side to side. But she's probably kind of looking at it with, a you know, a quizzical look on her, you know, her Tyrannosaur face. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she just, I think she's in stealth mode right now. She knows that it's it's not really going anywhere, and she has the the upper hand on this. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's kind of a- all I've got for the minute how about you me too yeah so uh yeah again uh, kind of a, a couple of famous lines in this you know uh, 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 you didn't say the magic word and uh, we're hey we're about, we're about to get into the Tyrannosaurus Rex content of the movie I this know. is uh I know we've been waiting yeah this is probably the most iconic section of this entire movie but uh, yeah looking forward to getting into that looking forward also to talking about it with mr. Scott Corelli who's gonna be on this Thursday and Friday to join us uh, for those episodes those are gonna be fantastic you're gonna want to look out for those yeah, all right folks join us again tomorrow for Minute Number 61. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And until next time, hold on to your butts.
1: Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Pele Media. Mahalo!